Lord Jesus Christ this morning. And I, I tell you, it is always an honor and a privilege to be able to share with you hear God's word. And are you ready to hear God's word this morning? Are you ready for the word? I can't, I can't hear you. All right. We need to get excited about hearing about the word of God. And I hope that's, that's my prayer this morning. I know that it's been said that today's theme and today's parable focuses on, on prayer. And Billy Graham says this about prayer. Prayer is simply a two-way conversation between you and God. A two-way conversation. That's what the key is, two-way. So let me ask you this question. Do you believe God answers prayers? Odds, it's pretty good that since you're here, yeah, I think you do. But how about those people, those friends and families outside the church that don't know? Do you think they believe in prayer? Do they believe that God answers prayer? Well, do you think Americans believe in prayer? Well, you know what? There's been some some public opinion polls, and they say that prayer is very important to Americans. And, and listen to some of the statistics. And it says in the Gallup poll, says that they found that 90% of Americans pray. 90%. But 86% said that they believe in God. Isn't that interesting? More people pray than claim to believe in God. How about this one and other statistics? 83% said that they favor prayer at graduation exercises, but 70% favor Christian prayers spoken in school. Well, this morning, the title of my message is really comes with four words. The four-letter word, it's a four-letter word. It's simply this. As you see on the screen, P-U-S-H, push. Pray until something happens. Pray until something happens. You see, push on, pushing on forward and not giving up. You see, Jesus had a great deal to say about prayer. His disciples who were with him, who was with him, who saw it and watched it so closely. And they said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. They never said to Jesus, Lord, teach us how to do miracles. They never said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to teach or to love people. But really the one thing about Jesus' life that was so fascinating that they wanted to imitate, and I think we all should, was this prayer life. And in our passage of scripture, the parable of Jesus that we're going to look at in Luke chapter 18, starting with verse 1 to 8, here Jesus shares a parable, a story to his disciples that show them that they should always pray and not give up. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, if you could turn to Luke chapter 18, and it's, it's going to be on the screen. And let's read that passage of scripture, that parable. And it says this. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. And there was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. And the judge ignored her for a while. But finally, he said to himself, 
I don't fear God or care about people. But this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said to them, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? The story begins with a widow who had an enemy who was trying to take advantage of her. The scripture doesn't tell us if what was all, but it's likely that someone was trying to cheat her of money or maybe the land that was left by her husband. See, she had nothing. And the only thing that she had, an option that she had, was to come before an unjust judge. And she goes to him and keeps saying, give me justice against my enemy. Give me justice. But of course, he dismissed her, as the scripture says, but she kept coming back, coming back, constantly begging, give me justice. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking if she had a smartphone in her day, can you imagine she would be emailing the judge, texting the judge, and of course, tweeting the judge. Hashtags, give me justice. Hashtag, give me justice. You know what? I can just imagine the, the judge, oh no, she's here again? Not her. But you know what? In verse 5, the, the judge even admits this. Listen, he admits that she bothered him. Bothered him. You see, the word bothered or driving me one crazy is, means really, listen to this. When someone's driving you crazy, it means poke in the eye. Poke in the eye. That woman was poking the, ju- the judge in the eye, just bothering him. And that constant request certainly ruled in her favor. So this morning, how many of us are in the edge and considering giving up? Giving up maybe in, in the relationships that we have, the mar- our marriages, our family, our faith for some. That there seems to be no way out of the situation. Listen, listen, listen and learn for what the passage of, of this parable is going to share us this morning. Jesus tells us this parable for a reason. And we have, there's three prayer principles that we can learn from this passage of scripture. And one is, don't worry, pray. It's not don't worry, be happy. It's don't worry, pray. And then the widow didn't sit around at home, pouting, complaining about her problem. Instead of worrying, she got up. She went about and seeing the one who could help with her situation, even though that judge was not nice. But see, in verse 1, Jesus tells us that we should always Pray and not give up. And in other translation, in the NASB, it says, pray and do not lose heart. And in the Greek translation for the word give up, and I want you to listen to this. The word give up means be filled with bad thoughts. You see, when we're worrying, 
And worry is filling your mind with bad thoughts of the worst that could happen. I want you to think of this. Worry is like water. Water. It begins as a trickle of doubt that creeps into your mind. And if it isn't stopped, the doubt becomes this stream of fear. And it creates a lake of paranoia. And then it overflows into this stream, a river of distress. And from this river of distress, it, it develops into this raging stream of tension. And from there, listen to this, there is this flood, a flood of worry that has carved like a grand canyon of anxiety in your mind. You see, William Ward wrote this about worry, and listen to what he says. He says that worry is faith in the negative, the trust in the unpleasant, assurance of disaster, and that worry is a magnet that attracts negative circumstances. That worry is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. And he says, worry is like rocking in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but never gets you anywhere. See, I think of the Apostle Paul, who was stuck in a Roman dungeon, who with a possibility of getting his head cut off, he could have been worrying about his death, but instead of worrying, he prayed. And in addition to praying, he wrote Letters of encouragement to Christians like us to to stop worrying and start praying. And it tells us in Philippians 4, chapter 6 and 7, and it's going to be on, on the screen here. As we read it, I want you to think about where he's writing this. He's writing this that he is in a damp, sitting in a damp and dark dungeon. And he tells us, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worry into prayers. You see, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. See, when we face challenging circumstances, we have two choices. You can lose heart, give up, and let worry control your mind, or pray about it. You see, the woman didn't have the best circumstances. And certainly, we don't at times. But a lot of times, we use not the best circumstances as an excuse, don't we? To not pray, to quit. You know, it was about um, a year ago that uh, I, I have a brother who's also an officer of the Salvation Army. And it was a year ago that I received a call that he has a stage four cancer a bile duct cancer that spread to his liver. And as we were on our way to the airport for a gathering, I remember receiving a call. What a timing. I received a call saying that he called me, and I remember it vividly and saying that the results came out that I have cancer. I said, what kind? And I thought it was just one of those stage one. And he said, it's stage four. We cried. And I tell you, it was tough. It was tough. Worry, and I'm, I'm a worry wart. And I worried, and I was so scared. And trying to be at the airport with everybody else traveling and getting 
hold of myself, I'm pulling myself together. And again, five-hour flight now, imagine that. I worried about my brother, my sister-in-law, my nieces, and my nephew. But you know, God spoke to me and kept reminding me, Deb, First Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. I just needed to get through that five-hour flight. At the end, I would be able to see my brother. I just needed to pray. God says, don't worry. Honestly, it is tough not to worry. It is tough, but you know what? I just needed to pray. And God says, don't worry. Pray. And secondly, he says, in this par- parables, God says, don't quit. Pray persistently. The widow kept begging the judge to give her justice. She never said to the judge, I'll wait till you decide. No, she kept at it. But how many of us have asked God something and he didn't answer our prayer? That's when we start to start thinking about quitting or what's happening. You see, the most effective prayers in the Bible are those that were prayed were with persistent, persistent. David wrote, I called to God and the Lord saved me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. David not only had this, it wasn't a one-day vitamin prayer. It was an all-day prayer. Remember he said, evening, morning, and noon. That's a whole day. Not only did David, even Jesus prayed persistently. One night before his crucifixion in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed. His heart was heavy. His heart was heavy. His prayer's burden was to even, it was so intense that there were drops of blood, like sweats on his forehead. He prayed that his father would take this cup from him. Not his will, but of course, of course, God's will. He prayed just once. Not twice, but three times. And the Lord gave him the strength for what's ahead to resolve, to face the cross. Persistent. Persistent is a very important factor factor in our prayer life. Not just prayer, in every area of our life. Well, let me tell you about one of the largest organizations in America. It is the Quitters Club. Have you heard of them? Really, have you heard of the Quitters Club? Well, you probably, the reason is that you've never heard of them because they don't exist. See, the members kept quitting. There were no dues because they quit paying. You see, and this Quitters Club is made out of people who with tough lives, tough circumstances, tough job, tough family situations. But you know what? They quit. When the going gets tough, the tough gets going. But when the going gets tough, the quitters get going away. You see, what we need in America today, in our churches, is that we need people who will exhibit a good old-fashioned stick-to-itiveness. Can you say that? Stick-to-itiveness, sticking on. That's probably not a word. It should be a word. Stick-to-itiveness, staying on, being persistent. And remain faithful. See, life is full of challenging people. Can I hear an amen? Amen. There are 
full of challenges. God placed them there for a reason. But you see, they tackle us. You will face difficult circumstances that will trip your feet out from under you. See, the poor widow had been discouraged, but she refused to stay down. She got up and was persistent. You and I have an enemy, an enemy who opposes everything that we do for God and living for him. The devil doesn't want us to pray. The devil doesn't want us to pray with what's going on in our lives. He will do anything in his power to make us stop praying. And I know many times the devil has, has taken me away, made me busy, made me stop thinking of praying for my brother. But I will continue to pray for healing, for a miracle, in spite of all what's going to happen. I will not give up. And many of you in here, I know I've been praying for you, and I will not give up. Because I know I serve and we serve an awesome God who answers our prayer. Don't worry, pray. Don't quit, pray persistently. And thirdly, thank you all for waiting, by the way, for being so patient. And here's my third point. And here's the third principle. We'll get there. Don't doubt. Pray positively. See, in this parable, we, you and I, are represented by the widow. She didn't worry, and she kept persistent. But is God like this unjust, dishonest judge? No. Do we have to bother and intimidate God before he will answer our prayers? No, not at all. You see, parables, the stories, the parables that Jesus has been sharing with us, not only contains comparisons, but contrast as well. You see, Jesus used the mean judge to show a contrast or to show us the difference of who our true God is. You see, our God is just. Our God is compassionate. Our God is kind. And he will answer our prayers. As he says, he will grant justice to them quickly. You know, you must ex expect God to answer your prayer. If you doubt that you'll receive an answer, chances are that you won't. You see, James tells us in chapter 1, we are told that when we pray for wisdom, what does he say? God will give it to us generously. But James also gives us a warning, a big warning that says about letting doubt creep into our minds, in our prayers. And it says in the scriptures up above in James 1, but when you ask him, when we ask God, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. That's God's word. But here, compare it to a pro positive promise in 1 John 5. Listen, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us, when we make a request, we also should know that he will give us what we ask for. Can I hear an amen? amen. You see the difference, brothers and sisters, is learning to pray positively, positively without doubt. 
Sadly, many Christians pray, but they really don't expect an answer. I've known of people who have quit praying because they don't seem to get an answer. You see, when we walk into a room and, and you flip the light switch, I expect the light to come on. Would you? But if it doesn't come on, I can't say to Thomas Edison that your electricity is a lie. You know what I would do? I would start looking for what the reason is that that light is not turning on. It could be a light bulb. It could, be, it could just be the breaker is thrown or actually the power is out. You see, it seems, if it seems that your prayer are, aren't answered, don't quit praying. Start looking for a reason. It may be, it could be the wrong request. It could be an unconfessed sin in your life. Or maybe the timing may not be right. But you see, God always answers prayer. But he a- answers prayers in different ways. And I'm just going to quickly go through it with you. Some of the ways God answers our prayer. God may answer your prayer quickly. See, the word he used here, quickly, could, it's described that God answers it for us. The word quickly is, relative, is a relative term. If someone is injured, what would you say? Call 911 quickly. But the word Jesus uses here is suddenly. See, our prayers could be unanswered, but boom, there goes God answers your prayer. And I remember on Thursday, I said a prayer, please let the Broncos win. Boom, they won. Go Broncos. I was kidding. Really, really on a serious note, on a serious note, God does answer prayer quickly. And I may, I, as I look around, there has been prayer, prayers that has been quickly answered. And we can praise God and thank him for that. Not only does God answer prayers quickly, he answers them and says, later, later. See, and you can find this example in the book of Daniel chapter 10. Daniel was praying and, and God was going to answer and was ready to give him his answer. So he sends uh, the angel Gabriel, say, deliver this answer, the prayer that is Daniel is praying. But as in the process of answering that delivery of that prayer, the angel was delayed. But you know, Daniel never stopped praying. He kept on praying in spite of the delay. You see, it seems that God hasn't answered your prayer. Don't quit. You see, the answer could just be around the corner. God's delays are are not God's denials. You see, our sense of timing is flawed, but I love this. But God's timing is impeccable. So pray persistently and wait patiently. Quickly, later, and how about this? God answer me answer our prayer better better sometimes you don't get what you ask for because god has something better in store for you um ruth bell graham's wrote a uh, wife of billy graham says if god answered every prayer of mine i would have married the wrong man seven times you may have been praying for a long time but you haven't gotten anything But you know what? Better is yet to come. Better. So don't stop praying. And lastly, this is one of the answer to prayer that many of us may not like. Kids don't like it when you tell them. Sometimes you ask God and he says no. No, no, no. But you know what? It is an answer, isn't it? It's still an answer. Don't ever stop praying when God says no. Stop 
requesting him in a different way for a different reason. Ask for his will, but God's will for your life. And in conclusion this morning, the next time that you're going through a difficult time in your life and seem very overwhelming, I love the words to this song, then turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You know, there's someone described Christian life this way. You start with Jesus, you stay with Jesus, and you end with Jesus. It doesn't get better, any better than Jesus. There comes a time in our lives when we go, when we're faced with difficult circumstances, overwhelming, incredible challenge, intimidating opportunities, but we're forced to decide whether we're going to quit or we're going to push forward. Continue to push forward. Continue to pray until something happens. I know that God will not let us down, will not let you down. Push. Pray until something happens because when we pray, we should ask God to reveal his will for our lives. You see, suppose you're out in the ocean. You're about 15 feet away from land. And you throw away, you're in a rowboat or any canoe, whatever you may have, but you, you throw an anchor or something that will pull yourself to land. What have you done? Did you pull the land to you? Or you pulled yourself to the land? Prayer is like that. It brings us closer to God. It is a means of grace whereby we are brought closer to the mind of God. I'm going to ask Freddie to come up and the worship team. What is God trying to say to you personally this morning? Are you consumed with all of the worries of the world and anxiety? Pray instead. Have you stopped praying? We're so busy. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep praying because we have a God who answers our prayer in his own time. I want to challenge you this week. There's a picture up here, a door that it says push. Whenever you come across a door that has the word push, I want you to be reminded of what God says, to pray until something happens. We touch that door. Of course, you're not going to pull it. Push it. Push on and pray until something happens. Be reminded of that. Don't worry. Pray. Don't quit. Pray persistently. Don't doubt. Pray positively.